Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. We are now officially halfway done with meteorological winter. Some of you may be jumping for joy or rushing to plan your last minute ski trip of of the season, hearing that, right? Well, there's still plenty of time to go and weather left to see. So we are gonna take a few moments in this episode to look back at what we've already seen and experienced this season. So grab your nearest warm drink and let's geek out about winter 2022, 2023 so far. So for those who have heard me on the call before, um, I'm one of the producers of Weather Geeks, Heather Zons, but we have a new guest to the show today, and I will let him introduce himself, Todd, if you will. I'm a meteorologist, Todd Bork. Heather and I work together in the same weather producing capacity, although we are um, coming in from different areas here. I do um, some on-air work as well and work in radio, so somewhat of a, uh, do a little bit of everything, so it makes perfect uh, sense and I'm going to be here on a podcast as well, but it's great to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Todd is mostly, he's like me. We like to stay up really late. We're both mm-hmm. night owls. We <laughs> work right. the later shifts usually. usually. So um, that's what we're here to talk about. We are now at the halfway point of meteorological winter. And we, there's been a lot of stuff when I was putting together the notes for this episode. I was like, wow. Okay. <laughs> like I had to make sure I caught everything because there was a lot going on. So We'll kind of just start with the winter storms that we experienced. Um, there were three named storms that I think had the biggest impact on the winter so far. Um, there were Diaz, Elliot, and Fernando. So Diaz, I'll just start with off the top. This one got a little overshadowed by Elliot, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, but it kind of brought the big first snowfall for the Northern Plains. Um, record snowfall for Salt Lake City and into Duluth. Um, So it was kind of the first taste of the blizzard for a lot of these uh, cities and towns up in the Northern Plains, which they're kind of used to it, I would guess. But the first one of the season, you're never really ready for it. No, and especially if you're talking some major highways, I-90, I-94. I-90 got hit hard in South Dakota with, um, with Diaz. And again, it's just a reminder that you and I are both from up north as well, from yep. Wisconsin, Michigan. I'm from Michigan. Heather's from Wisconsin. Even though we are used to snow and even though we know that it's December, these things sneak up on you when you're not prepared, even at two, three inches of snow on the ground. And you're talking some parts of the northern plains, over a foot, foot and a half of snow fell in parts of a place like South Dakota. And that is too much too soon for too soon in the season as well. Right. Yeah. And especially if this was like your first big snowfall. And it also turned into a blizzard. You're just like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, you need to slow down here, Mother Nature. Like, there's way too much going on. Um, so that kind of transitions us into Winter Storm Elliot, which oh. was the doozy. This was the notorious bomb cyclone. 
um, which, you know, grabbed all the headlines, even though bombogenesis is, a, is an actual scientific term. I would like to say on the record, we did not make this up. <laughs> no, no, no. The actual meteorologist came up with that one. Yes, yeah. it is a 24 millibar change in 24 hours. That is what it is. Um, and Winter Storm Elliot did that. It uh, bombed out over the Great Lakes. And while it did that, it pretty much brought every single winter weather impact you could think of. It brought heavy snow, it brought blizzard conditions, it brought a flash freeze, it brought just cold temperatures in general. It it had everything. It packed yeah, And the punch. winds too. You're talking yeah. 56 mile an hour sustained wind stretching from Michigan all the way down to Georgia. And the problem with Elliot too, we all remember, it was the timing. It, we always say this too, particularly when you're talking about tornadoes. Yeah, tornadoes at night, they're there's no good time for bad weather. But when you look at Elliot and the timing of it, because it's leading right up to a major holiday, a lot of people are heading home. Uh, my own family got stuck in that, uh, heading up to, toward Michigan. And I was I was actually fortunate enough to only have to deal with the airlines, which, by the way, was not Southwest heading <laughs> up to Michigan. Um, but th there was a lot. It took my wife and daughter three days to get from Georgia to Detroit. Normally, it should we can do it in a day. Uh, she broke it up in two days, but couldn't make it because of Elliot. Yeah, it was, the timing was pretty terrible. Um, and I specifically wanted to call out like for Buffalo, New York, mm. uh, like I think it was about, it was at the end of November, they had a blockbuster lake effect snow event and people were like, really, ex they were like, yes, 70 inches. <laughs> love that. We love that here. Everything's great. And then Elliot came in and it was like the tone just completely flipped on its head. Like yeah. it was a storm that was well forecast. Like everyone saw it coming, but it was just all the ingredients coming together. Plus the time of year, the fact that it yeah. was pre-Christmas people yeah. traveling, either they are coming to Buffalo when, if they don't live there and they don't know what it's like, or they're like, I got to get to grandma's house for Christmas Weather's mm -hmm. not, I'm not, I don't care about the weather. I have to go. I have to go to grandma's house. And that was such a big deal. And one of the reasons that it killed over 40 people, which was really devastating to hear about and see. And it's, yeah, it was really, Elliot was really a catastrophe. Well, sure. and one part I remember that as well, my, um, my wife and daughter had left on a Thursday. I was flying out Saturday because I had work Saturday night, which was Christmas Eve night. So they left, I'm sorry, they left on Friday, stayed the night in Lexington, Kentucky, Friday night. And we're going to take the rest of the way to Detroit afterward. The problem was once they, once Elliot hit and the snow laid down, the problem was the road crews, it got too cold too fast. Yes. And there was no way to treat the roads based on the chemistry of rock salt or whether they're using the spray. It it couldn't stay. So now all of a sudden you have roads that were slick from Kentucky all the way through Ohio, through parts of uh, uh, areas south of Detroit because of that major blast of cold that came right after the uh, major snow or icing. Because really, Ohio didn't really see a lot of snow. Yeah. But it was the fact that it was way too uh, slick for people to drive. And that's uh, that's where a lot of the uh, and a lot of accidents happen in Ohio. Yeah. And like what we were talking about with Diaz, where it's like the first big snowstorm, like the fact that Elliot came through and brought this like intense Arctic cold front with mm -hmm. it. This was the first cold blast of the season for pretty much everyone. Like the freezing line made it all the way down to central Florida, pretty much. So a lot of these people, it was their first time getting this cold. And also for like some Floridians, it was the first time in 
a long time, not even just mm-hmm. the season. It was the first time in like a decade for some that they yeah. experienced temperatures this cold. You know, you had pipes bursting. You had people traveling on icy roads that they've never experienced before. Um, it was just, yeah. So definitely, Elliot was definitely outside of just the snow. It was more than just a snowstorm. Yeah, the snow, the wind, the uh, cold, it was all together. And that's what made that such a unfortunately memorable storm. And, and of course, the time of the whole thing, too. And it really made a lot of people have to rethink how they go about doing things. And, and not to mention, when you are in winter, this is a great reminder, especially if you're going through what will be a well-advertised winter storm, make sure your car has the things in it, a, a blanket. Make sure that you have... Um, road flares or anything that can a flashlight something to keep you warm some type of food some type of water because you may get stranded yeah yeah that was seeing the pictures coming out of buffalo especially just cars being abandoned i know we've seen you know pretty much every season there's some big event that kind of leads to something like that like i think of the atlanta what was it snowmageddon or snow oh man which one (laughs) yeah i know right (laughs) I think it was 2011 and it was Mm -hmm. just like cars being abandoned on the interstate. And like, I've never seen that with my own eyes. Like I've only seen these types of things in like pictures and stuff, but that just, it like screams apocalypse to me. Yeah. Well, it's a reason why I have no other option. I have to just get up and walk, which is crazy. And it, it, it uh, makes sense that they actually shoot uh, zombie movies here in Atlanta <laughs> based on that. But, yeah. uh, but again, it comes down to infrastructure. If you are, if you're hardened, particularly like Buffalo, you can't think of a better place that has more snow plows, more ways to deal with winter and, and, and snow and cold. But sometimes too much too soon or too great a one can even cripple Buffalo. And if they can't handle it, there's no way in the world anywhere else in the United States can handle that as well. And that's just unfortunate how how that came about and the tragedy with the deaths. And you got like you're saying, we're only halfway through meteorological <laughs> <know>. winter. <laughs> yeah, that was there's, pre-Christmas. There's yeah. Right. yeah, there's a lot of people, I mean, a lot of, I guess, like normal, normal people who aren't like meteorologists who think about this stuff all the time. But it's mm-hmm. like you go really big into the snow around Christmas time because it's the oh, holiday yeah. and like that's kind of how you do it. And then after Christmas and New Year's, you're like, okay. You're done with it. I'm <laughs> you're absolutely done with it. That's I'm what drove good. me nuts. Oh, when I would growing up in Michigan, that's what got me. It, it was, I love the December, January. It was a fact that I could be playing baseball. My baseball team could be playing in April. I could still get snow and I could still have <laughs> yeah. 70 on either side of it. Yeah. Um, this is again, we're in January. We're meteorologically at uh really the coldest week of the year for a lot of places. This is it. The, the third week of January is typically the coldest week climatologically for a lot of places. doesn't feel like that for some. And no. that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Especially yeah. next week. Yeah. We'll talk about one more winter storm, which also occurred pre-Christmas, but there hasn't been another like big winter storm since Elliot, really. Mm-hmm. Um I'll just take an aside to talk about uh, Winter Storm Fernando, who or which that was really, a sneaky one. It yeah. was because I remember it was the pretty much the exact same time that Elliot was going through the Northeast. And yep. so Fernando impacted the Pacific Northwest. And it the big story with Fernando was the icing. Yes. Um, it was not we wouldn't call it a traditional snowstorm. It was definitely an ice storm. Um, I just remember seeing um, like neighborhoods that. Uh, are on a hill and just cars cars literally sliding oh. down the hill and like bumping into each other and 
And, uh, and again, that's an area that doesn't quite get used to, you, you, no one could get used to ice. Yeah. But when you're talking Portland, you're talking the Pacific Northwest, you're either really on one side or the other. Obviously, you get rain in the valleys, snow in the uh, mountains. Typically, there will be icing somewhere. But the fact that it hit into the valleys was tough. You had that cold air that was um, trapped, or well, warm air that was trapped with that cold air aloft, and that's, uh, that's what did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I remember this was such a big communication, like, hurdle or obstacle just because the breadth of how much, how how many impacts Elliot was spreading to so many people. And then we were like, we cannot forget about Fernando, like what impacts it's bringing to so many people in the Northwest. We don't want people to think we forgot about them or anything like that, but it was just, it was, and it was right before Christmas, like all this timing. It was, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. it was, it was a lot. Um, So I hope we did enough for for the people. Um, but yeah, but so Fernando and Elliot both kind of ended on December 24th, like Christmas Eve. And then since then, like there was seriously, I know there's not much that happened. Unfortunately, that's when everything flipped. Yeah. We went away from the winter storms and now we're back to, well, severe weather. And that's just something that it's weird how much later, Remember when we were getting into this, I always kept thinking, all right, once we get past Halloween, severe weather season, the secondary severe weather season, those are always been delayed the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. November seems so quiet now. And now it seems like late December into January is now cranking up. So is it de- is second severe season delayed or is regular mm. severe season coming earlier? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question. Chicken or the egg. Yeah, that yeah. Might be a, that's a good question. <laughs> Yeah, because it seems like for every two weeks, we were covering a a tornado outbreak from like Texas to Georgia. We had one Mm -hmm. December 13th. We had one January 2nd. And then we just had one January 12th. Um, And as of this recording, SBC has another slight risk out for uh, Wednesday the 18th. Mm -hmm. So I don't that one's not looking like a tornado outbreak per se. But the fact that SPC has been having to issue multiple like five or like day five confective outlooks yeah. <laughs> because they are so confident that we are going to see a big severe event that has been that has panned out is actually pretty insane considering yeah. the time of year that we're in yeah and, and th- that goes to show you that the uh the bigger mechanics the upper mechanics are changing in a way that looks more like spring five days out than it does like winter so they're looking at this thing uh seeing a big jet uh dip in the jet stream out west and then it races off northwards. All of a sudden, you have places like Detroit, Green Bay, Buffalo, uh, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, even Chicago, all seeing rain in the forecast yeah. in uh, January, showing how much that Gulf moisture is coming up here. And this is January. And it, it, again, makes sense why is why we're seeing it. They're looking ahead and seeing that big influx of uh, warm Gulf moisture making it northward. And it's January. So you know cold air somewhere around. Right. Yeah. It's just it's been a recipe for disaster, pretty much. I mean, with how the pattern in the jet stream is um, with like how we've kind of had this ridging in the East and then you had all this potential for severe to kind of bubble up along the Gulf coast where there, when there is a ridge in one place, there has to be a trough Mm -hmm. and that that trough has been over California for quite a while. Um, So that can kind of dovetail into our next point, which has been the story that we've been dealing with for the past, gosh, like three weeks now, basically. Yep. Um, with the with multiple atmospheric rivers making landfall on 
mostly in Northern California. There has been some dips down into like Southern California with Los Angeles. Um, but it has just been a deluge, like to yeah. the max times a thousand. It's amazing how the atmospheric rivers, I just, I keep thinking of it like a fire hose where you're just connected with all that tropical moisture and just leads this swath of moisture northward. Carl Parker had a great line when I was working with him um, last week during one of our uh, shows that we were covering the atmospheric river and the, and the um, California flooding. And, he's, and he had mentioned that as far as the circumference of the earth, atmospheric moisture is covered 10% of the circumference of the earth, but they transport 90% of basically the south north or meridional transport of tropical moisture. Mm-hmm. So again, they're really narrow bands, but 90% of that moisture pushed northward that has flowed northward uh, that the earth tries to do because earth is always trying to balance itself. It's always trying yeah. to bring the cold air from the poles um, equatorially, trying to bring the warmer air northward. It's always trying to bring that moisture along the uh, equator northward. Atmospheric rivers count for 90% of that moving north or, uh, of course, southern hemisphere. You can go south of that as well. But that's amazing how California and Pretty good dent to drop there. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of just like California is kind of caught in the crossfire of Mm -hmm. the atmospheric river because it's just trying to, you know, move the water to where it needs to go. It's trying to move the moisture and California has been kind of getting the brunt of it. But yeah, like you said, great news for the drought. It's going to become probably California's like one of their wettest water years on record, Mm -hmm. um, which is pretty insane. And it's already, you know, it's... January 17th today. And I, I see so many stats about like, you know, year to date, like how it's, how many percentage is already above normal. Like it's off the charts. Oh and, yeah. The, the, uh, the Sierra snow level of 200% yes. above uh, historical average, which yeah. is great because that is your reservoir. That's your, your bank account, your savings account <laughs> for the spring. So that's going to help uh, with some of the uh, spring once we get back dry, which unfortunately does look like that's looking ahead. It does look like the pattern does flip a bit. Yeah, I remember this happened either last season or two seasons ago where the Sierra was just off to a rock star start. And it mm-hmm. was kind of not this, not the same situation. It wasn't as much atmospheric river. It was just these big snowstorms that would come in and just really fill up the the reservoirs. But then, yeah, like you said, it just kind of shut off after that. So we're hoping not for that, but we're also mm-hmm. we also can need a little bit of a break. Please. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Again, too much too soon. <laughs> yeah. You just need a little bit of a pause. Um, so it's like a college party. You, you, everything in moderation. You don't go and take off the entire keg. You don't take a 12 pack and you enjoy yourself. Moderation. Have right. a glass of wine a night. You're fine. If you're going to have yeah. six glasses, well, that's going to cause some issues. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> just some issues. Yeah. California. Yeah, you know, right. they're really known for their wines. So kind of. That, that's, that's why I was going with that one. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to take a short break and then we'll be right back. After this. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. All right, so... We will talk about the snow drought and then the warmth, yep. and then we should be pretty good after that because we've covered yeah. pretty much everything. I'll let you just 
I kind of jump around, so I'll just let you yeah. do what you got to do. That's no, all good. All right. Uh, coming back in three, two, one. And welcome back to the Weather Geeks podcast. My name is Heather Zanz, one of the producers here. I'm here with Todd Boric, also one of the producers of uh, Weather Channel TV and also helping us out on Weather Geeks today, his first appearance or first uh, listening <laughs> experience. First yeah. <laughs> So that's we, about, yeah, you can imagine me being anything right now. You yeah, don't even know what I, yeah, yeah. Who is this man? This it's mysterious person. There is no video though right now because I do look somewhat ridiculous. In this <laughs> yeah, um, I get to see it. It's great. <laughs> um, so we started the podcast basically talking about the big blockbuster winter storms that we were getting, but ever since then, it's kind of been pretty blase. Um, basically Buffalo is the only city in the Northeast that's actually above average in terms of snowfall. And the rest of the I-95 corridor is literally sitting at a goose egg. (laughs) Isn't it amazing? It's just how much they haven't seen anything. The fact that they haven't even seen measurable amounts, New York, Boston, uh, DC, Philadelphia. And that goes to show you about the pattern. Just by saying that alone, you can automatically in your head picture what the pattern looks like, why severe weather is hitting where it is, why the heavy uh, snow is hitting where it is. It just it, it's the pattern needs to change in order for that to happen. Right. Yeah, it's been I mean, depending on who you are, it's either lucky or unlucky um, in terms of if you I mean, there's nothing like like a good New York City. Like it starts snowing at like mm. 4 p.m. And yep. then the, the sun starts going down. And then at night when it's like a really nice snowfall, like that is just like so beautiful i call oh, it like 32 beautiful. degrees like the big fat snowflakes yes. that just quietly that, you could almost almost say it's quiet there it, it never is yeah but it's, i know exactly that sleeps. picture yeah oh i love that yeah that, that's also one of my favorite effects too of snow just to like go on a tangent but like the sound dampening oh, that it yes. does it's just oh, so well, beautiful when you get so much snow and then you kind yep. of step outside to see it but then you're also hearing absolutely nothing like i it's love just, that it's it's beautiful well and love i love the idea too when you have that cold air that uh, is trapped and how sound waves travel farther so you can hear that train whistle for, <laughs> that you normally wouldn't hear in the middle of the winter uh like that when you're outside or you can hear the stillness but it's amazing how the only thing maybe the, the crunch of the uh, snow while you're walking uh that is it's such a tranquil sound yeah. And and then of course leads to the slush and all this stuff afterwards <laughs> where <laughs> it does, yes. that doesn't melt and you're thinking, I want to get back to spring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was just in uh, Denver for the AMS conference and they had just like, they had these snow piles on the sides of the road, but it had like kind of frozen. So they were just like <laughs> snow boulders <Yeah>. basically. <laughs> and um, it's gray and ugly yeah. looking. Oh yeah. Yep. It's like cold. It's, it's the snurt, the snow dirt. <laughs> the snurt. That's exactly, that's exactly <laughs> it. <laughs> So, when I was a little kid, I always thought that's what happened to snow when it got bad. Like you leave an egg out, it turns. That's what <laughs> it happens. Got to bad snow. Yeah, yeah, it just turns rotten. <laughs> got some rotten snow outside. You can't go out. <laughs> yeah, that's usually what happens. Like when you get those like late February, March snows, when you're already sick of the snow at this oh, point, yes. oh. and, like the grass are, is already starting to grow. You're like, come on, I don't. I didn't ask for this. I yep. didn't want to shovel today. Come on. Yeah, but, and, and if you're a baseball fan, here, you, how's yeah. it like to be a, a a Tigers fan or a Brewers fan where you you may have opening day tickets? You don't know what to wear. You have no clue. You either have to wear a parka because it's going to snow. I've been to one back um, uh, opening day for the Tigers. This is back in uh, 92, and it was 68 degrees, and we wore <laughs> short sleeves there. 
And it was again, but that's, that's what happens. It's one or the other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel bad for like the Colorado Rockies specific, like that baseball team. Cause that (laughs) one is like a wild card. You really have no idea. (laughs) You know what? There should be, I don't know if you've done the podcast yet, but looking at how ballparks and their trajectory and how that plays into uh, how weather and climate plays into it, because Colorado is a great example of how the ball may fly farther out there, depending on the air that's in place, whether or not you're talking cold air, warm air, moist air, because they've got a lot of moisture out there. Yeah. And uh, baseball is like to fly a little bit more in the more humid air masses. But then again, you're a thousand feet up or 5,000 feet up in the air. So, right. Yeah. I know we've talked about it a lot with um, Truist Park down in mm-hmm. Atlanta with the Braves, because, you know, the summer's down here. <laughs> that <laughs> humidity. Yeah. It's, it is nuts so yeah these balls are just like soaring out of the park basically so um that'll be a future weather geeks uh, episode <laughs> um but just kind of closing um winter so far this is what the episode's about we're just kind of we are officially at the halfway point of meteorological winter so we wanted to look back at how the winter has been um and then looking ahead to the rest of the winter so after elliot came through before christmas there was this huge Arctic blast that came with it. But after that, and like we've been talking about how there hasn't been any snow, one of the reasons, or they, I guess they go hand in hand, that's more of a relationship, but the temperatures have been pretty above average for the entire like Eastern two thirds of the country. Yeah. And it's amazing too, because again, you a lot of times you get locked in, you wait for that pattern, you finally get that, uh, the jet stream far enough south, but it's just not been doing that. The jet yeah. stream's just been very progressive, very all over the place. And um, that's what's causing winter not to lock in yet, particularly for areas that typically have winter cold temperatures, like we mentioned earlier. This is typically the coldest week on average for many areas across the, the United States, uh, climatologically, you can give or take a week here or there. We're not seeing that at yep. all this year at all. Yeah. Yeah, so we will see. And also for like the cities along the I-95 corridor, usually mm-hmm. we have to wait for kind of like a really good nor'easter setup. Yeah. And we haven't had not, e- not even anything close other than that pesky, you know, Invest 90L swirling out there type yeah. of thing. <laughs> because why not, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why not? It's January, you know, who yeah. knows? <laughs> that could have been part of this podcast. If Imagine if they named it, we would have been like, oh, my God, breaking down. Arlene, some tropical storm or whoever, like, yeah, that would have been very interesting. I know we had a, I know we had the name storm Alex, I think it was two year, two seasons ago, two or three seasons ago. Alex, I think so. Yeah. in it was in January. So it's not completely impossible for this to happen, but mm-hmm. um, it's just, it, I mean, pretty much everything we've talked about in this podcast kind of shows that you can pretty much get every season's Mm-hmm. weather impacts no matter the season like we've had tornado outbreaks which you yep. usually think about in spring and yes. we get it we're getting that in winter we're mm-hmm. getting flash flooding which you typically see in the summer now it's happening in california you know we we keep getting these these events that the seasons don't matter mother nature doesn't care nope she's not keeping time she doesn't have a calendar <laughs> She's yeah, just, you want to tell the weather to stay in its lane and it's just not yeah. happening <laughs> yeah. uh, and it's weird as meteorologists as you and i know Going into each season, you do change your brain a little bit where, all right, I'm shifting away from severe weather season. I'm going to start thinking more in terms of weather, where all the weather stories are. And we're, we're not done yet. I 
most of what I do is that local severe stuff, um, covering severe storms at night. It's been just as busy now than it had been back in October. It seems these last couple of weeks, severe weather hasn't let go yet. Um, mm-hmm. And that's interesting because, again, it's it's messing up with a lot of there's a lot of ski levers that are really upset because you're not yeah. seeing the snow in places that you typically do. Yeah. Yeah. It's been it's been very interesting. And that kind of leads me to how I wanted to close the podcast with if you wanted to give this winter a grade like mm-hmm. A, B, C, D, E, F. Um, and it, it's kind of hard considering like the overall like state of the U.S. Like if you want to do the West versus the East or something, um, mm-hmm. we could probably do that. But um, what grade would you give winter so far? Wow, that's a good question. Um, I think, well, first of all, you have to ask it overall because it does affect everything. Yeah. Um, I, right now, I would give it almost a, when I think winter, I think big snows, which we've had. Mm-hmm. I think cold in the cold areas, more mild in the. Uh, the problem is, I, I think more zonal when it comes to the jet mm-hmm. stream. I, I, I'm thinking this is more of a C or a D because yeah. it's just not quite giving what we expect for uh, winter. And, and that's one thing about climate: you want to expect things, and we're not seeing it. Yeah, yeah, I am very much a creature of like routine of habits. Yes. And when, mm-hmm. in, when we keep getting tornado outbreaks in January, I'm like, please stop. This is not <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's not, not what I want. Your lane, tornadoes. Yeah. We have time for you later on. Yeah. 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 We have a whole season dedicated to you. Like you can yep. just wait. Two of them. Like, yeah. 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 So I, I would agree. I would, I was thinking like a C plus because mm-hmm. if you would have asked the same question in December after, you know, Elliot, and then that cold blast coming in and California started flooding like right around Christmas, New Year's. I'd be like, OK, like I think I'm good on winter now. Like <laughs> exactly, I've had yeah. enough. But now it's that we're halfway through uh, January and then therefore halfway through the season. It's been warm, mm-hmm. like a lot of places in the east are like 50s and 60s. It There hasn't been pretty much any snow for the northeast, let alone yeah. the I-95 corridor. Um, and eh, like most of the snow is just in the Sierra, which is great for them because you sure, know they, they could use it. Yep. They need it. Yeah, they use it for a lot of things, but that's pretty much been the confined area. So mm-hmm. like not the rest of the country isn't really experiencing that like winter feel. Well, um, where you so, have winter and snow that's on the ground, that's been on the ground for weeks, it's not happening. There is a January thaw. We we tend, and tend to see these, but not so long and not where places far north where you typically walk outside and have snow on the ground. You don't. You may have had it a week ago, but you don't have mm-hmm. it now. Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing um, like pictures from the meteorologists out in Buffalo. And it's like this used to be a 12 foot, a 12 foot pile of snow. Mm-hmm. And it's it's already gone, and it's yep. still January. Like it's still what? NFL playoff season. And yeah, it's, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's very it's very interesting. So yeah, so you're a CD. I'm a yeah, C plus. Yeah, if you were going to yeah. C plus, I'd say C minus. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we'll get the range there. Yeah. Yep. So um, be sure to reach out on social media. Reply to um, the Weather Geeks uh, Twitter handle if you also want to share your winter grade. Um, But now it is time for our Geek of the Week. So we like to highlight a scientist superstar, a great geologist, or a weather weenie at the end of every podcast. And this episode's Geek of the Week is Lindsay Vasquez. 
She is a PhD student at the University of Missouri-Columbia, dedicating her graduate research work to weather-related communication. We love that. Her most memorable weather event was Hurricane Katrina, but she really loves a nice overcast and breezy day, which I could use right now. Like that. I love the overcast breeze. There's something about <laughs> clouds that are, I, I like that. I really yeah, like that. Just keeps it, you know, keeps mm -hmm. it chill. Keeps, it, keeps chill. the sun in its spot. You know, we yeah. can see you during the summer sun. <laughs> we see you plenty, you know, exactly. like again, stay in your lane. It's fine. <laughs> it's <okay. laughs> all right, Todd, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks to all of the listeners. Um, we will have Marshall back for your reg regularly scheduled programming next Wednesday, but I hope you enjoy the podcast. Have a good one. Have fun.